Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, it is Wednesday, December 28th, and you are listening to Talking Comics. I am one of your hosts, Bobby Shortle, and I am here with Steve Say, Pop Pop, and Stephanie Cook. Hello. <laughs> All right. You gotta love that pause. Yeah, the, the little, this is a little too energetic for me. Let me bring it down a little Sorry. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. My bad. <laughs> um, so we are back with post Christmas. Ho ho ho! Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Steve, how was your Christmas? My Christmas was uh, merry and accident prone. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What happened? I landed myself on some crutches. Uh, my knee keeps on dislocating, and I have some muscle problems. Uh, nearly killed myself on the way here, which is awesome. But uh, I'm feeling good regardless, and I'm excited to be here. Uh, holidays were great. I'm looking forward to the new year. There's lots of good stuff coming out that we're going to be talking about tonight. That's what we're talking about tonight. And it was good. How was yours? Mine was pretty awesome. I got some pretty awesome stuff. I got some video games. So uh, Some stuff to study up on before we do in two weeks are top games of the year discussion that we're going to do oh yeah um it was a pretty awesome christmas i got uh well m- the coup d'etat of presents was uh my flash converse sneakers those are pretty sweet that i got that are really pretty awesome do you see this whole line of converse sneakers and the flash ones are great they have like a comic book texture to them and i, I love them so so very much stephanie how was your holiday uh it was Pretty lonely out here in Canada. Wow. Polar bears. <laughs> polar yeah, bears. Me and the polar bears. Yep. We got drunk. Mm, and played we played Skyrim. Skyrim for 14 yeah. hours. So, I mean, it was it was good times to be had. By At all. least you went adventuring Mostly in Skyrim. Polar bears. something. And polar yeah. bears. It's hard to be polar yeah. bears. All right. Yeah. Well, it's hard to eat bears in general in Skyrim. It's a little bit ridiculous. Well, I, can kill, I can kill a dragon, but if a like, bear comes at me... And I, I'm dead in four hits. <laughs> it's not... I don't like that. I still have not had a good amount of time with Skyrim. It's a shame. Yeah, it is. But it'll be there. It's waiting. I played last night, and I'm, I was, I've been doing the, uh, the College of Magic like uh, uh, like quests. And you have to go into like this crypt, and you meet up with this one creature that c- can basically kill you in two hits. Um, and I really had to do some very weird tactics to beat him which was there's was, there was like the room before you get to him has like a gate on it so I would kind of stand there and let him run after me and then run the room and close the gate and shoot him from behind the gate Yeah, and just I had to do that for maybe an hour because <laughs> I just didn't know how to beat him otherwise What's with this whole um, arrow in the I foot? killed him in one shot how'd you kill him or in what? one shot uh, I got this awesome fucking weapon the Wabajock 
Oh, you did one of the Daedric quests already. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Yeah. Yeah, you and did. And they gave me this awesome weapon, and it has, like, um, unpredictable uh, powers. Like, you just shoot it, and sometimes it'll turn them into, like, the most powerful, like, creature in all of Skyrim, but it often this is awesome, and it kills things, like, right away. Like, I can kill the dragons in, like, uh, four, five, six hits. Yeah, I gotta go do that. Yeah, quest. that sounds like something that we're gonna need. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, amazing. Anyway, sorry, Steve, you were talking about. I don't remember. Let's stuff. move on. We have been playing an awful lot of Gears of War three, though. Yes, we've been doing yes. some talking comics bonding sessions. Right, horde mode and beast Fucking mode. Reavers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Reavers were the end of us. Berserker! <laughs> no, I'd rather it be Reavers. I'm dead again. Help me! <laughs> so awesome yeah that was a good time yeah i beat i beat the game um just two days ago and i was telling bobby before we started the podcast that i i really enjoyed the game but i think that the multiplayer is really where it's at for the gears of war because as much as i did enjoy the game i feel like i'm gonna forget the game the story mode itself within days like it just it does not it didn't resonate with me. I like I beat it and I was like, okay, that's done. Can we play some more multiplayer now? Yeah. So uh, multiplayer is so good. It is. It's fun. after you left because you had other duties to attend to. Bobby and I played uh, Wingman for a little bit, which was we did really awesome for a couple rounds. Yeah, we and did. Then, each round is it's like up to fifteen, so you do rounds. It's like it's only one death per person. Yeah, it's teams of two. And so we, every like first like round with the, you know, with the people we would do well. And then it would end up, we'd end we'd up losing like everyone, kill everyone. And then so we have like four or five points and then we'd always lose like 15 to five because some oh. team would decide that it was actually time to start, start playing. stepping up their game. Yeah. They're like, Oh, all right. Oh, and then you, after you left, I'm sorry, I will just mention this because we talked about it while we were all playing uh horde mode or beast mode. Anyways, I ended up playing multiplayer for like five minutes after you left and I jumped into a match and ended up with level 90 players, like every oh single one of them. And I was like Whoa. 14 and I'm like, sorry guys. And they're <laughs> like, get out of here, kill. white chick. <laughs> Seriously. Some guy yelled that at me. He's like, get out of here, white chick. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Time to find another yeah. room. Yeah. Xbox yeah. Live, Booted. a nurturing safe place. <laughs> For people of all creeds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that's our video game time. But we are talking comics, so let's talk about some comic books. Let's talk about comic books. Let's do a little book of the week. That's what we normally do. It's our little book of the week segment. Ah, ah it'd be nice. Stuff we liked. Some positivity. <laughs> um, it's going to be a very positive show, though, because we're talking about all things that we're excited about. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, Stephanie, what was your book of the week this week? I chose um, a book by Fables creator Bill Willingham. Uh, I went Batman style with Robin Unmasked. Ooh. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, read it. I, I didn't not. even actually really know I had it. And I was going <laughs> through my collection and I was like, ooh, what's this? So I picked it up and I saw that it was Bill Willingham and I was sold. Um, So... Pretty well, everyone's going to be familiar with Batman. Uh, Robin, uh, I guess it depends on the Robin. This 
particular story focuses on the Tim Drake Robin. My favorite Robin. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. He's awesome. So, Bobby um, raised his fist in celebration. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. Um, so it actually also includes Dick Grayson as Nightwing, uh, mm-hmm. Stephanie Brown, who, as you know, was most recently Batgirl until the new DC 52, where Babs took up the costume again, costume cape. And um, she's playing, or she um, she's spoiler in it. And of course, Bruce Wayne is Batman. So uh, basically, um, yes, I know, chuckle. He's Batman, guys. The secret's out. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for letting us know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> You're Ruined. Yeah. This is where you get, it's talking comics, where you get the insightful talk about yeah. comic books, such as the inside Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, <laughs> Anyways, so the story is about Robin and, uh, again, Tim Drake. And basically, he's currently, like, trying to really embrace his secret identity. Um. Him and Bats are trying to bring down a Gotham baddie and uh, something goes wrong and Robin accidentally kills a man or so he thinks. Um, he then becomes Ba-ba-boom. sort of torn as to whether he's going to keep fighting crime alongside Batman or whether he's going to... He's come to realize that his life is really good. He's got a good family. He's got a good girlfriend. He's doing well in school. He's popular. So he's kind of trying to figure out if he wants to give it up so that he can just have a normal life that most people only dream of. Um, so yeah. Meanwhile, all this time, the guy that Robin thinks he killed is in Istanbul plotting out how to kill Robin, not Batman specifically Robin. So yeah. Sounds Um, pretty cool. I got to check that out. It's really it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a bit not I, I guess fun might not be the right word for it since, you know, people are trying to kill Robin. But Tim Drake has like a really good sense of humor and if you're familiar with him, you'll you know. I need know to familiarize that. myself with the Robins. I'm really not like a hundred percent on who's yeah. who's what and what their attitudes are. Tim Drake like, is a is, is a good Robin. That's what I, I hear from, from yeah. everyone that, that usually he's the favorite. Well next to Dick, he's, he's the Dick Grayson, usually yeah. the favorite. Yeah, um, everybody. Never mind. Nobody. Yeah, nice. <laughs> back, off the, back off the joke for a second. Uh, uh, yeah, nobody likes Jason Todd. No, and he's a brat, right? Well, then died. Well, yeah, he was murdered. But um, yeah. and so? spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, and spoilers. then the new one is Damien, who is also kind of a dick. That's the one I'm thinking of. And yeah, Damien. Who see? Stephanie see how Brown familiar I am with my Robins? To as the little stabber. Ah. Hmm. Yeah, so you like this it. book, I'm guessing, since this is your book of the week. I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say the art was my favorite out of, you know, all the comic books I've read, but um, it's definitely interesting and it's nice. And um, the real thing here is the writing by Bill Willingham, who's always a treat to... Uh, I, I lost my train of thought. He's always awesome. He's always good for a good read. I don't know. That didn't make sense. He Word. pleases Word. my Word. eyes with colors and lines. Word. Okay. All right. Why don't we? Why don't I rescue you? And I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk about my favorite book of the week. 
right. What was your book of the week? Steve? My book of the week was actually also in the Batman universe, and my favorite book of the week was Catwoman number four of the DC New Fifty Two. Um, a lot of people, I've been talking to them about the Catwoman run, and a lot of people don't like it, and I actually wanted to address that a little bit tonight. Um, people are telling me that they feel that the book is oversexed and that Catwoman is pretty much just being put on display with these like full page uh, panels of her with her costume half open, boobs a flying. Um, the whole the whole thing. It's the Batman uh, nookie and whatnot. The Bat nookie. Mm-hmm. The Bat nookie. The yes. Bat nookie. But my argument for them. Is that if if you're just going to focus on that, first of all, Catwoman has always been a sexy character. She's mm-hmm. always been that. You know, today today's comic book women or whatever, they're, they're all of that same, like, you know, putting them in the forefront. They, I, never mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into a totally different topic. Anyway, <laughs> um, Catwoman, number four, what I really loved about it is that it's, Really driving the story forward in this particular issue, um, Catwoman is still dealing. Can we talk a little bit of spoilers since yeah, it's issue four? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Her friend, and this makes it so much easier. Her <laughs> uh, longtime friend, and her also her fence, which is the person that sets her up with her jobs and advises her and tries to teach her how to be a good cat burglar, uh, is dead. The villain of this series, uh, a guy named Bone, killed her. Her name is Lola, and it's all Catwoman's fault. She's dealing with all kinds of guilt, uh, realizing that her actions have consequences and that other people are paying the price and that she can't keep on doing things the way that she is and expect for nobody to have to pay for it. So pretty much the book opens with Catwoman uh, standing over the body of her dead friend. The cops burst in and all the evidence is there. It's, you know, she's over the body. They figure that she did it. And the book takes off with her just doing this absolutely awesome, like, back kick, flipping a bottle of, like, Jack Daniels up into the air that smashes into a uh, very shoddy electrical device on the ceiling, causing a fire. And just a classic way to to get out of the building, but not before she picks her friend up, slugs her over her shoulder, and kind of just backs out the window and smashes to the ground with her friend intact. It was so important for her to bring Lola and not have the cops give her a, you know, a dishonorable um, burial. Mm -hmm. She wanted her out of that situation. And uh, another great thing about the book is that we get introduced to new characters. We meet an old friend of Catwoman's named Gwendolyn uh, Altamont, who I'm guessing is going to become more of a main character and is going to serve as her new fence since she's still in that line of work. We also get introduced to Detective Alvarez, who's hot on Catwoman's trail. He's starting to put a pattern together. And the book just, it it's the it's like, it's really really coming into its own people if you're if you're turned off by the whole catwoman thing i really suggest that you pay attention to the story because there's some really emotional uh good action stuff going on within this book and i just you know don't judge it at first glance it is sexy it is a little bit over the top but there's really 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 great stuff going on within these pages uh judd winnick is writing a great story and uh gillam march the art for the book is spectacular. 
So He's amazing. Yeah, there's there's no reason not to pick it up and and give it an honest chance. So let me ask you a question. Um, I've read the first three issues, I believe, no, two issues, um, and I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sexualization of the character and the overall, I think, just there's an in-your-face kind of quality to the art in a lot of ways, you know, um, and it's not in that in-your-face way that kind of Batwoman is, which is in-your-face, but it's very stylistic, so I think that people let their kind of like, uh, I don't want to say... Um, snobbiness they well, have you know a little bit of snobbiness to it because oh that looks cool so i'm gonna this yeah. is much more just very in your face very intense I, um but let me i know and i was gonna ask you the art is good and yeah. that stuff is good yeah. but do you think that because of it people and because people are getting hung, hung up on it that maybe it's a it certainly takes away a little bit from the story because yeah. people are getting so hung up on the showiness of the book yeah but i also think that people don't have as much patience as they used to have with comic books and i also think that a lot of people are taking a really, really harsh stance on the DC New 52 in general. A lot of people feel like it was a mistake or that it was kind of disrespectful to the plots that were going on before this all happened. But um, for me, I mean, I always liked Catwoman books. I always thought they were good. But the third issue is really where, in my opinion, they kind of started to take a step back from that. I don't know if they heard by word of mouth that people weren't enjoying these full-page spreads of Catwoman and her bra and stuff like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, the bat nookie and whatnot. But especially in uh, this newest issue, there really isn't any of that. Okay. It's, you know, they really, they took it down a notch. The last two issues have been all about story and action. And especially, especially why I love the fourth one so much is because it's, I mean, we get a new, we get a new uh, metahuman character that Mm -hmm. the final page of Catwoman 4, like, is, is one of the best final pages of the DC 52 as far as where she is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, holy shit, what is, how the hell is she going to get out of this? Mm -hmm. I I have my suspicions, but... You know, it's now it's not always what you think it's going to be, and I'm really anticipating uh, issue number five because I think it's going to be fantastic. That's great. I mean, I think my best analogy to be like, take like most shows that are on FX, mm-hmm. right, or have this very intense, like like show like Nip Tuck, let's say, very intense, very crazy. Underneath it is a very good show about characters, but people get distracted by that that kind of showiness. Yeah, yeah. And with the comics too. I mean, like anything, like we always said in the beginning of the podcast that these are almost like episodes that each month we get a new episode coming. I think you said that. Yeah. And it's true that like you kind of, you have to have a little bit of patience. You got to give it a couple of issues to, to get it going. Everybody, since you only get 26 pages or so a month, those pages are so crucial that people are making up their minds after reading one or two issues and going, nah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, we read them because we're doing it for a website, but also, you know, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more open-minded because if you're not, you're going to be ruining a lot for yourself. And quite frankly, if you're not following the DC new 52, you're going to lose out on a lot of stories and a lot of characters. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I totally agree with you. Yeah. That's great. Um, so my book of the week, um, speaking of the 52 really quickly, um, Obviously, there are two books that came out. Well, no, one book in the New 52, Batman, that came out this week. That oh, yeah. I'm not making my book of the week because there's no point in doing it because it could be my book of the week. So good. Every month it comes out, and it doesn't need like I need to be spotlighted at all. But uh, Scott Snyder's Batman is just it, it's fucking oh, awesome. It's awesome. So it really is. Well, 
you know like it, it is amazing and there's it does all the things right that the like, justice league right now in my opinion is doing wrong so um that's a book you need to be checking out and also um ultimate comic spider-man which is also amazing and awesome um but also doesn't be talked about because it's spider-man you know whatever um i don't think i'm reading that one i think i'm reading avenging spider-man yeah avenging spider-man which is also very good but that ultimate- is, i love that book yeah um but my uh, my book of the week this week is uh, a Marvel book that I picked up um, because there's been a lot of buzz about it lately, and I felt like I should be getting on the train because it's a character I really like, and I haven't been away I've been away from for a while, and that would be a uh, Daredevil, uh, number seven is the book that came out this past week, uh, written by Mark Wade, who is a very prestigious, very well known comic book writer, and has had runs on the character before. Um, it's a little difficult because I'm jumping in in the middle of an arc. So I went back to number six and read that, which was kind of the end of part of a story. The cool thing about issue seven is that it's a it's a Christmas uh, issue Ooh. in a lot of ways. It takes place. Um, Matt Murdock is taking uh, kids from the school for the school for the blind on a on a trip, and they get caught up in the mountains and their bus crashes. And so it's Matt and uh, I think eight um, children who are eight blind children who are caught yeah he's blind as well obviously in a snowstorm in a snowstorm in the middle of the catskills you don't really get any more fucked than that yeah and it's about him just trying to get these kids to safety there's no super villains in it the bus doesn't crash because you know somebody's trying to somebody has it out for matt murdoch um he's simply it's simply a, 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 a contained story about Matt trying to save these kids, trying to, and how the elements are dif- kind of beating his abilities in a lot of ways because even he can't see in the snow with his abilities because <laughs> everything looks the same in the snow. You know, it, it's a really great story and Matt's a, Matt Murdoch is a great character and um, the, the idea of Daredevil has always been fascinating to me and has always been one of my favorite ideas for a hero because he's a hero, superhero, because he has a disability. And I, I think that is a, an amazing idea for a character. And this story in itself, it it's funny because um, he's wearing he's wearing the Daredevil costume for most of the issue, but the kids can't see, the kids can't see him so they because they don't know he's Daredevil. But he's wearing it to protect himself because you know he wasn't really wearing very warm clothes. Right, so he's wearing it to protect himself, and uh, it's just it's a story of him trying to show these kids. <laughs> things that kind of makes daredevil who he is which is the man without fear which is you have to keep going you know you have to find something to believe in and that makes you without fear and the, the way the story pays off in the end is really satisfying um it, it's just an excellent one-off story that being saying issue six which i read is also really really good um and what's really cool is that marvel is kind of their thing is always to, the first page of their books is always a catch-up page mm-hmm. tells you most of the pertinent facts you need to know to understand at least basically what's going on in the story. Um, Daredevil does it in such a cool way where the first page is always like this Daily Bugle page. Ah, there it is. That has like news stories in it that tell you what's been going on in the past Daredevil comics. So it's a really artistic way to do it. And not only that, like the, the, the main headlines are all Daredevil related, but there's like mini headlines like in this issue and they're all little bullets from... Other issues. Marvel, other, oh, Marvel other Marvel books. Wow. books are happening right now. So there's like a uh, allusions to the uh, to the Avenging Spider-Man, like uh, Mayor of New York captured, you know, by Moloids or whatever. So 
It's a really interesting book. Um, Murdoch's a great character, funny, uh, brave, smart, and it, it, it. Even if you don't read any other issue of the book, yeah. If you don't read eight, you haven't read six. You can read seven and appreciate it. Um, and it's a book you definitely, definitely should pick up. My only exposure to Daredevil ever has been the Ben Affleck movie. It's unfortunate. I've <laughs> never, I've never read anything. I've never seen him in anything. Nothing mm-hmm. except for maybe when I was like real little buying comics, but. He was never anybody that I really paid attention to, but now you're actually making me want to go out and buy it. That's an affor- I believe- no, go ahead, Stephanie. Go ahead. I believe he's actually, you were speaking about it last week as um, a Christmas present, so I just want to pop this in there, but I believe Daredevil's actually in um, Marvel 1602. Yeah, I believe. He is. He so is. you'll get a little bit of Daredevil when you read that. Yeah, a little that? bit. A little bit, yeah. Not a, not a ton, but not a little a bit. a whole lot, but. Yeah. There's um really excellent run from I think I don't know when exactly what it is and it's I think it's early two thousands um that Kevin Smith did with the character Daredevil Man Without Fear um was and it's a really great arc and that was really my first real you know sustained look at Daredevil as a character in the comic books um because for the most of my knowledge comes from animated shows and, and such but he is an excellent character and the book is really really great so I recommend anybody going to pick it up um two ninety nine obviously so. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I've been so th- nothing but good thing. Sorry. That's it. Yeah, no, it's fine. Actually, you, the, the reason you kind of, you know, engage people on Twitter and stuff um, on our Talking Comics Twitter, it kind of led me to be like, I, finally being like, I need to read this book because so many people are saying how good how good it is. And since I'm a fan of the character, I needed to check it out. And that they were absolutely out, right. That came out last week? Yeah, it came out last week. I am going to pick yeah, it up tomorrow. Wednesday. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. Good stuff. All right. So uh, that's it for our book of the week. So, um, much like Matt Murdock stuck in the woods with his with his, <laughs> with really his blind gonna children, we're going to go off the beaten path. <laughs> off this beaten, snowy mountain path <laughs> with Steve. It's snowy here. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen your pictures. It's like 60 degrees here. You and your polar <laughs> in bears. In New York, which is ridiculous. Um, so, Steve. All right. Off the beaten path. I want to talk about a book that my lovely, lovely wife, Nancy, had uh, bought me for Christmas. And it actually turns out to be my favorite gift that I received for Christmas, uh, coupled with uh, packs of Garbage Pail Kids. (laughs) Oh, yeah, to add to my already massive collection that I still have from when I was growing up. Anyway, um, my Off the Beaten Path book, or rather uh, absolutely stupendous graphic novel, is uh, Royden Lepp's Rust, uh, Visitor in the Field. Now, what this book is, is it's an absolutely gorgeous hardcover graphic novel. It's the first in what I hope to be a very large uh, series. It ended way too fast. I was so into it that when I got to the final page, I was like, no! <laughs> but anyway, um, it's really fantastic. I don't want to give away too much. I'll just give you the basics. It's... Um, you know, a, a war happens and basically somebody gets the idea to build these machines that rather than all of our soldiers going into war and dying, we send in these robots to do the dirty work. They'll, you know, it's a, it's a secret government project. Everybody has to sign these papers and basically says, you have no knowledge of us doing this. So they send out these robotic soldiers along with these children that have uh, jetpacks strapped to their back that can basically, you know, maneuver around the field and pull all kinds of crafty stuff in the mm-hmm. middle of war and whatnot. But flash forward uh, several years, and it's pretty much uh, the story of a farmer 
who has one of these, well, he finds one of these old robots and he's trying to rebuild it. And one of the children with the jetpacks actually crash lands on his farm and ends up working as a farmhand and basically gets wind that this guy is trying to rebuild these machines and he's got knowledge that these machines are not a good idea. That they're actually, they were built to be against man, not fight for him. Somewhere in the midst of them of them functioning and whatnot, something happened to them where they're no longer for man, they're actually against them, or so they would have us believe. Now, the thing that really, really struck me about this book is that the first 30 pages of it kind of act like a prologue of the robotic war. There, It's like 30 pages long. There's only 10 words of dialogue spoken for the entire 30 pages. The, he... Royden Leps really, really uses the whole book has this uh, sepia tone to it. The artwork is absolutely outstanding. It almost looks like something that maybe Disney would have put out. And he really uses uh, pictures to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there's barely any dialogue and there's no like pow or bam or womp or, Mm -hmm. you know, any noises. But when I was reading this book, just from the artwork of like the robots like crushing the grass beneath their feet or people's bones breaking or whatnot, and it's not a violent book at mm-hmm. all. Anyone can read this book. You, I heard, like I heard everything. I heard the bullets flying around. I heard the machines. I heard the jetpacks. I heard everything in my head, and it was just very cinematic, very awesome. Um, what else? The books. 192 pages long there's this battle that happens between jet jet is the boy that lands on the farm with the jetpack he basically ends up doing battle with this gigantic machine that shows up at the farm the battle spans about 25 or so pages where there is absolutely no dialogue whatsoever it is all just quick shots of the battle it's extraordinarily cinematic um, I really can't say enough good things. The, the, the binding of the book is beautiful. Uh, it comes with these like non-glossy matte pages and it's just absolutely spectacular. I believe that the next chapter in the story is coming out next year. It's put out by, uh, Archaea and I can't seem to get to the page. Anyway, so um, that's that's my Off the Beaten Path book. It's been on a lot of, uh, you know, best of the year lists. It's definitely going to make my, uh, you know, best of the year right alongside Done to Death. This is the, the coolest thing that I've read uh, since we've been doing the podcast. And I'm really, really excited to see where it goes. Absolutely fantastic and can't recommend it enough. Awesome. Stephanie, did you have a uh, off the beaten path book this week? I did. Um, this week, I went through my collection and I found um, a very short, small graphic novel. It almost kind of went past me unnoticed, I guess. Um, called "Blessed Thistle" uh, uh, by Steve Morris. It's uh, both written and illustrated by him. Um, I when I picked it up, I actually noticed it because it reminded me a whole lot of uh a sweet tooth author jeff oh lemire. i'm so jeff lemire jeff lemire i know i this... love that guy yes 
He, we all love that guy. He's, We've talked about him on like every single show at least once. It's true. He deserves to be um, spoken of. He is a force to be reckoned with in the comic book world. Mm-hmm. He is. So you're saying Anyways, it's so a... Blessed Thistle. Oh. Nope. Nope. Go on. Oh. Uh, ooh, uh, ooh. Okay. So Blessed Thistle is um, a really short graphic novel that has a bunch of intertwining short stories. Um, they follow the lives of a few seemingly normal people and... Um, I mean, when you first meet them, you have a 17-year-old boy who's breaking into a home who um, only gets in there to find out that the homeowner is actually awake. Um, So he's kind of welcoming, and they kind of get into this weird chat. Um, The other characters, is there's a young girl who's the school bully and the young girl's school teacher who seemingly just wants to do good, and she wants to enrich these kids' lives, and... You know, that sort of rah, 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 I can change the world teacher kind of attitude. Um, But as you kind of go into the story a bit more, everybody kind of takes this really, really dark turn. Um, It's revealed that the boy, he's abused and he's run away from home. um, And the homeowner who he's chatting with is definitely not right in the head. There's something fucked up about this guy. And... (laughs) It's, yeah, he, I mean, the kid doesn't pick up on it, but there's things, you know, that let us know that this guy is up to no good. No good. Ooh. <laughs> no. Inglewood. And, um, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. As you uh, talk this boy and this creepy man talk, um, he discusses his younger sister, and that's revealed that the schoolgirl... <laughs> It's not a spoiler, I swear. Like, it's really not, like, a big... Oh, God. Keep going. Keep going. Well, you're laughing. You're laughing. (laughs) He was laughing at me. He wasn't wasn't laughing at you. Oh, well, fine. Sorry. I'm not in on the joke up here in Canada. No, you're not. You're outside the inside (laughs) joke. Anyways. Sorry. All right. Well, (laughs) anyways, the schoolgirl is the younger sister of the runaway. And um, to say that she's psychotic would be an understatement um this little kid is seriously messed up maybe even more so than the crazy homeowner that her brother is currently talking to in the story um she's a bully she beats up other kids and um when the teacher the teacher who's just trying to help her out kind of tries to put a stop to it this little kid hatches a plan on how to take out a really really dark revenge on this school teacher and like she's a little kid and it's seriously messed up um and then the teacher she again seemingly is just pleasant and wants to be you know there for the kids and we discover that she's like a crazy alcoholic (laughs) and i mean it just goes to really dark places. You mentioned um, something. It's really short. Is it? <laughs> oh, <go laughs> no, you mentioned something about it being a series of short stories. Is it broken up into sections? Yeah, it is broke. Like it, the stories don't continue. Like they stop and then it goes into someone else's story. Then it stops and then it goes into someone else's story. Um, they don't directly intertwine. They're only intertwined by the fact that the people each know each other. The only story that intertwines really is the teacher and the student. Ah, so it's like an it's an it's, anthology, basically, like an in- kind of okay, kind of. 
I don't I wouldn't say that it's like an anthology like it's all directly one story but it's not at the same time it's really hard to describe I know but <laughs> it's um it's sort of its own like it's one and not um it's really short I don't think I can talk too much more about it without giving it all away but basically um <laughs> it's a really interesting take on what goes on behind closed doors I mean Ooh. These people all at first glance seem completely normal and it seems really, you know, oh, they're just, that's my neighbor, super nice. Oh, that's so-and-so's kid. But I mean, like behind the doors, he's abused and the man who's the kid's breaking into his home, he's he seems nice, but it takes a dark turn. And I mean, even the teacher who's just trying to do good has, I mean, a problem with alcohol. And, um, so it's, it's a, just one of those things where, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, so, so it's a, so it's like a, it's a character driven book then. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's really, really, I mean, it's really dark. It's really strange and twisted, but, uh, basically if, that's not really a problem for you. Blessed This is definitely worth checking out. And I personally think that it's right up Steve's alley. It sounds like <laughs> it. it. sounds like a romp. <laughs> it sounds like a good old time. I know. I, I've been picking like some downer books lately, but um Nothing I wrong swear, with downer like, books. It's a little fucked up, like I won't lie about that, but it's definitely interesting. The art is really interesting. And there's this weird like they don't really go anywhere with it. But there's this weird kind of backstory where this woman, like the teacher, has gone on vacation and eaten a parasite worm of some sort. Like the cover of the book is really strange. There's a worm coming out of the woman's mouth and the kid has like six different faces. Like it's so up Steve's alley. Like this would be something he would really enjoy you all right really let's really let's leave some of it Steve. to my imagination yeah. i'm definitely gonna check it out yeah um so yeah, yeah. The happiness uh good times something you want to read your kids before bed <laughs> yeah yeah just snuggle up with your kids <laughs> you know let them look at the picture with the woman it with a worm coming out her face at all yeah all right so <laughs> um off the beam path with rust and what was your book Sammy? Blessed Thistle. Blessed Thistle. All right, so check yeah. those books out. It's a variety on the yes. path today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, or can just read Daredevil and be like a normal person. <laughs> uh, we'll be uh, right back with our topic of the week, our 2012 preview. We are back, and we're going to do a little topic this week about the things we're most excited about coming in 2012. Uh, even though we are talking comics, this is going to be focused just on comics. We're going to do comic books. We're going to do movies. We're going to do some TV. We're going to do some video games. We're going to do some music. Um, it, for one hand, just to give you guys an idea of what's coming out next year, if you don't know, but also a way just to, for you guys to kind of know what we're interested in a little bit more, get to know us a little bit better. Um, 
so let's kind of go around the room and why don't we just do maybe a couple at a time i don't want anybody to be talking for too long all by themselves so and if again if we're, we're sharing anything don't feel free to jump in uh, on the conversation um so if you know i don't want it to be like steve talks about you know amazing spider-man and then I talk about Amazing Spider-Man, and then Stephanie talks about Amazing Spider-Man. We'll have a nice little conversation about the things that we share. So, Steve, why don't you give me a few things off your list? I'll do music real quick. Okay. Um, New Tool album. There's got to be a new Tool album. They just uh, launched a new tour coming up. I got tickets to two shows, taking my mom for the first time. She's wanted to see them for 10 years. It's going to be awesome. I'm going (laughs) to blow her mind. Um, They've got to have a new album in the new year. They're overdue. Um, that is my most anticipated, uh, music related thing. However, I also hope that the Mars Volta release another album. They're one of my favorite bands. And I'm also very, very excited that All Tomorrow's Parties, which is a UK music festival, uh, is returning to Asbury Park, New Jersey next year with the Afghan Wigs curating. It's a three day long festival. There's pinball museums. There's Flavor Flav walking around. You stay at the hotel it's absolutely incredible. It'll be my fifth year in a row attending the festival. Uh, it's the best three days of the year for me. So I'm really looking forward to that. So let's shoot it over to Bobby. All right. So I have no music on my list because um, I, I don't like music. But that's not yes, true. Yes, you do. It's not true. <laughs> I just didn't have anything to think of in that way. I see you sing and dance I do, I, so much. I dance a lot. <laughs> you do. I dance more than is probably appropriate. You get really into it, too. I do. It's you don't true. care who's around. I don't. <laughs> the fingers go up. They start moving. Oh, yeah. I got some jazz hands yeah, going on when, when, I, when hands. I dance. You shut jazz your hands. eyes and I... you start to feel you. You really feel <laughs> That's what like 10 years of musical theater will do for you when you just don't care anymore. <laughs> People think of you. Um, so I want to do a little te- television because that's probably the shortest of my lists. Hmm. Um, so the thing I'm most excited about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it. I'm going to do the most excited first. Usually you say that for the last. I'm so excited about Break it. Break the mold. I'm going to say it first. It would be Game of Thrones uh, season two. I have not seen season one. Oh. Well, that's a shame. Ugh. Fucking yes. Go ahead. Uh, it's so no. good. Uh, Natalie Dormer jumps in this season. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, if you haven't watched season one, it's obviously based on the George R. R. Martin uh, series of books, a, a song of uh, ice and fire. And I went into watching Game of Thrones. Uh, obviously, I'm a big I'm a big fantasy fan, but I haven't hadn't read any of the books. I was just interested in HBO's doing giving their treatment to a genre that they've never really given this treatment to before. Uh, season one is so fucking good. It, it, it's a perfect blend of deep character drama and crazy genre elements. And they do a great job of putting those genre elements in and kind of a slow pace to make sure that people who maybe aren't into that show. So usually, you know, kind of get eased into it. Uh, the cliffhanger what? to the end of season one is unbelievably good. So good. La, 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 la. I, w- I won't say what it is. I love that. Oh, yeah, no, don't say it. No. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> but uh, Game of Thrones, like, I find that uh, it's probably one of the only American shows that almost sort of plays out a bit like a British TV show. I know it's based on the books, but I mean in the sense that um, British TV shows don't seem to be afraid to kill off characters mm. and just sort of... I'm not, I swear this isn't spoiler, Steve. I'm sorry. But I mean, it's unafraid. Like it just goes to places uh, despite it's so 
so good. Yeah. And there's that there's this feeling I watched the the finale and the uh, the cliffhanger happened and then it goes like Game of Thrones season 2 April 2012 and this was yeah. Whatever it was in May or whatever, and I was like, oh no, I, can't I have that long. I have season one. I've had it for months. I just can't get my wife, who won't let me watch it without her, to sit down long <laughs> enough to watch the show. I've only seen the first two episodes, and I loved it. And I have not seen the rest, but I will. It's awesome. It's great. Season uh, two, can't wait. Um, Lena, yeah, Lena Healy is great. She's she was awesome in the very criminally underwatched Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh. Which just is rewatched that recently. Which so is good. Such a good show that doesn't get She's enough credit. Good in everything. Yeah. Mm. Um, really quick, my other things I'm excited about are Alcatraz, which is the new J.J. Abrams uh, produced show. Mm. Um, yeah, Thirty Rock coming back because we have him back, and the second season of Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes to be at least a little comic book action going on, which ah. is the animated show, which is awesome. It's so good. Cool. Yeah. So those are my uh those are my TV quick hits right there. Stephanie, what about you? Um, I only have a couple short lists as well, but uh one thing I was really excited about as far as TV was the second season of our series of a show called The Fades. Um it's a BBC series and um it also stars Natalie Dormer, who I just briefly mentioned because she's going to be in Game of Thrones season two. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched the first season of The Fades. Like, uh, I sat through it all last week. It's only like six episodes, but um, it's a fantastic show. It's so good. It's kind of like, it's kind of American Horror Story ish, but minus the house yeah. and all that. Kind of a ghost story. And it's awesome. Um, I don't know what else. I believe okay, season one is actually going to be showing on BBC America pretty soon. I January fourteenth. Yeah, I saw a commercial for the it. Fades. Yeah, yeah yes. it's you guys should definitely check it out. I um, have it. I have it. I got to watch it. I watched it on a whim, like I didn't know anything about it. Somebody on Twitter recommended it to me. I watched it or I downloaded it and watched it, and it's so worth watching. So, like the first couple of episodes, you're kind of like, "What the fuck is going on?" But the payoff is. It's good. It looks right up my alley. I've been seeing the uh, the trailer for it, like every Doctor Who episode. Yes. So, yes. it is right up your alley. Nice. You'll love it. <laughs> oh, also, you know, you know what I love. The next season of Doctor Who is also something I'm looking forward to on television. That's number one on my list. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> yes, Doctor Who. Um, the rest of my lists are pretty long. I mean, next year, Garbage has a new CD coming out. Garbage, really? anyone? Shirley Manson. Yeah. Wow. Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, speaking of Sarah Connor Chronicles, in. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome time so, right there. Uh, that's also on my list. Mm. I didn't think that's that's a surprise. Yeah. I don't think anyone's talked about garbage, garbage in 15 years. <laughs> I know. Well, I was looking, I was looking around at things coming out in 2012 and I saw that they were on there and it just sort of was like, "What? Really? Oh, come on." <laughs> I mean, so I had to include it. I mean, Shirley Manson, she's awesome. Yes. Do you have anything else television-wise? Um I mean, Game of Thrones is obviously on there. Uh, Doctor Who. Um, I'm a big, big, big TV watcher. Um, so, I mean, pretty well everything. Another season of I'm anticipating. So, I mean, that's a very long list. Gotcha. All right. Why don't I go through a few of mine then? <laughs> yeah, go go ahead. Yes. All right. My uh, most anticipated is season seven of Doctor Who. No question. 
Uh, my favorite show ever. So I, uh, it is. Don't don't eyebrow me. I'm shaking my head. Oh, good, cool. <laughs> and she's very, she very. No, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, of course. So Amy I'm. Pond. I'm so looking forward to seeing uh, who they bring into the show, who leaves, who replaces. Mm-hmm. All of that is is got me really excited. Uh, what else? Breaking Bad, final season of Breaking Bad. Oh my God! Don't say, please don't say anything. I'm not. But all I can tell you is that every season of that show has been consistently better than the last. Um, Shit's hit the fans so many times. I cannot wait to see how they wrap it all up. Um, What else do I got on here? Uh, Second season of Sherlock is supposed to be uh, released. Probably only be three episodes again, uh, hour and a half long a piece. Mm -hmm. So it's more like a miniseries-ish. But uh, first season, so good yeah. and that cliffhanger killed me mm-hmm. i nearly died that day it was so good <laughs> uh sons of anarchy if sons of anarchy season five is as good or better that as season four was then i it'll make it into my top 10 of all time i love sons of anarchy it's awesome characters are amazing uh edge of your seat stuff really really good what else do i have on here uh ha my last one kind of a left field but I was a huge, huge, huge fan of Nickelodeon's The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for The Legend of Korra to be released. Mm-hmm. So psyched for it. I'm really excited that the writers, the artists, everything, everybody's coming back. Last Airbender was like, in my opinion, the last like American-made cartoon to really, really be more about just entertaining children. It was so solid, and they blew me away with the final episode of the third season. I said to myself when I sat down, I said, how the hell are they going to wrap all of this up in the next 20-some-odd minutes? And they did, and it was perfect. I've seen footage of the new season. It looks spectacular, so I am all for it and cannot wait for that to come back. Very cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Yes. You're... Your mentioning of Sherlock just quickly made me think I'm super excited for a new season of Luther coming out next year. I need hopefully. to see that show. I need to see that. That's that's my last one on there. You just made me think of it. And <laughs> that one I'm looking forward to. Interselba is amazing. Sweet. Sweet. All right. So um, I'll do a, little, a couple of movies. The, the movies is my longest list. <laughs> yeah, movies fair. is my longest list. To be list, fair. Yeah. But um, we, we got to get into it. So obviously... Um, there's the the obvious ones, the big huge ones. Uh, we're not going to talk about Dark Knight Rises. We talked about that all of last week. That was, our, that was our topic last week. So we're not going to talk about it this week. Um, I think we can safely say they were all very excited for the Dark Knight Rises. It's, it's on, on my on list. Yeah. Yes. Um, so then there's the Avengers. Yes. Which also super psyched about. Um, Joss Whedon, Geek mm-hmm. King, <laughs> directing. <laughs> um, Oddly, you know, like his his second movie he's ever directed, the the Avengers, which is a crazy a crazy idea. Um, the trailer, you know, I was on board anyway. I thought the trailer was really solid, did a really good job of pushing what I think the Marvel movies do best, which is character stuff. It doesn't really even show very much action, and I was still really excited. To see it. Um, Absolutely. I'm guessing that that's both on both of your lists. Oh, yeah. Indeed. That was at the end of the Captain America, right? 
that they showed mm-hmm. that trailer. Yeah, but then there's like the full trailer. The yeah, no, no, yeah, I know. Yes. But I remember being in the theaters after the Captain debuted, America. Yeah. And like half the theater left. I was like, what are you people doing? And <laughs> then they so came stupid. on. And as much as I really did enjoy Captain America, the little teaser trailer for the Avengers mm-hmm. was like, I got out of my seat. I was like, <laughs> it's just a crazy thing to have happen. It's one of those things when you're like, you're sitting around like the lunch table as a kid, and you're like, "What if they did an Avengers movie?" Yeah, you know, and, and it just oh, it's never gonna happen. And now it is happening. And they got somebody really, really like he's gonna do a good job. Yeah, and they did he a better. great job establishing these characters in other movies. I was really worried after Iron Man came out that Avengers was gonna turn into like Iron Man three. You know, because it's like because yeah. Tony uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony Stark is such a overpowering presence. You know, that I figured, how are they going to match it up? And I think they cast both of their other major heroes that we've seen in these other two movies very, very well. You know, um, and made them mm-hmm. different enough where they're not going to clash in that way. You know, yeah. and the biggest thing, they got Captain America right. They got that character right. Yeah. And they kept him the same character while making him very interesting, which I think is going to really help that movie. I can't wait to see more of Loki. A bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's awesome. He's one of my favorite Marvel villains, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm going to leave a couple of other big ones to other people to talk about, but uh, really excited about Looper, which is, if you've ever seen uh, Brick or the Brothers Bloom, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. I liked Brick a lot. I yeah. The other one. He dire- this is his third movie. It's a science fiction movie. Uh, Bruce Willis is, is uh, in it. I like and, him. Yeah. And I Brick and Brothers Bloom are two of, of, of my top five movies of each of their years they came out. Um, I think he's a awesome director, a fantastic writer, and to see him going to the science fiction genre, uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. And that goes hand in hand with Gravity, which is Alfonso Cuarón's new movie that will be out in the in the fall. Um, which I'm also the last movie he directed was Children of Men, which is one of oh, my favorite movies. I love yes. that movie. That's yes, a good yes, movie. Yes. So incredibly excited about that. And I'll leave off my list here with uh, Django Unchained, which is Quentin Tarantino's next movie. Which honestly, with all even with all the big movies coming out, is probably my most anticipated movie of the year because Inglorious Bastards um, is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, and it's the last movie he made. So. I couldn't be more excited to see the next movie hmm. he's going nice. to make. Hmm. All right. So, um, Stephanie, what about you? Um, so mine were pretty, I mean, there's so many movies that come out every year, but um, probably near the, actually probably the top of the list for me is Pixar's Brave. Ah, it's um, on my list. Yeah. I love my Disney and Pixar movies and, uh, this just looks phenomenal. I can't even begin to describe how excited I am for this movie. It looks great. Um, the cast is fantastic. And um, that trailer that they released a little while back, probably a month or two ago now, maybe longer. Yeah. I think it I'll... just left so much to be desired. I want to see it like tomorrow. It looks really good. I'm excited for it too. Um, additionally, I have... Like, obviously, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlize mm. Theron, Michael Fassbender. Uh, what's that? Numi? Numi Rapace. Let me ask you a question yes. about Prometheus. How yes. do you feel about the prospect of there not being any xenomorphs in the film, which are the aliens of the alien world? 
I think that uh, Ridley Scott's going to, I mean. Think he's going to surprise us and stick I, him in there? In Ridley, I trust. It'll <laughs> it'll it'll work out. I mean, it's going to be a good movie no matter what, based solely off the cast. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that it's just, it's going to work out one way or the other. I mean. I, I mean, he hasn't that said that there's not going to be any xenomorphs in it. Of things are, he, oops, he stated in an interview that there were not going to be, but then there have also been like on-set pictures of right. people seen dressed in the xenomorph outfit. Mm-hmm. So people are saying that they think that that interview was for misdirection. Yeah, maybe. So I just, well, I, I was I, as as psyched as I am for Prometheus, and I am. I have to admit that I was a little disheartened that I thought that I'd be getting like a new alien movie and instead we're getting like an origin, like they're going to work up to when the aliens come about and then that's where the movie ends. Right. So to be honest, like that makes me more excited for the movie because I don't need to see another alien movie. Oh, but yeah, I I mean, it just, I think that what he's doing is a really interesting take on it. I think that, um, I mean, it's something new and it's not just part of the alien franchise. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he does with it. Um, IO9 has, I, yeah, IO9 has a really interesting frame by frame breakdown of the trailer. If you really want to get into, uh, the speculation behind the movie. Mm. And, um, there's a lot of hints in the trailer, like breakdown that lead you to believe that, uh, everything that he's saying that, you know, there's, really not that much aliens material in it is a lie so you should check that out all right yeah i'll, I'll look at that um and just so i finish off the last thing on my list um this one actually came out of kind of the middle of nowhere for me because i really just from the casting kind of half wanted to hate this movie half wanted to love it um and the trailer just completely sold me and that is Snow White and the Huntsman. Yes, that was um, on my list as well. Uh, the beginning clip in the trailer where, uh, what, with the ravens? Is that what they are? Yeah. Even Blackbirds. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. And Charlize Theron looks so evil in it. And I mean, even the fact that Kristen Stewart is in it doesn't really bother me at this point because the overall movie just looks fantastic and completely overshadows Tarsum Singh's Mirror Mirror Project, which looks like absolutely oh, it looks so bad. Balls. I threw up in my mouth when I watched that I trailer. Wanna, I, I love his movies. I haven't seen Immortals, but I love The Fall, and he makes beautiful movies. But And I was so excited for this movie because I thought the, ca- the girl he cast was great, but I just can't get excited for it, especially after that trailer. And there is way too much Julia Roberts, like... Jesus, like her <laughs> mouth is going to engulf the whole movie. It looks so slapsticky, yeah. and the the comedy of it was so like not even hit and miss, but just miss. I was like, really? I was sitting there watching it. It was for the Muppets that I saw the yeah. trailer, and I, I felt like I was getting a joke played out. It looked like one of the trailers that's in Tropic Thunder, you know, yeah. for one of their <laughs> fake movies. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked yeah. like to me. Yeah. When she was like, I got a real happily ever after thing going on here. Yeah. I'm like, come on. You didn't, <laughs> nobody really, somebody didn't write that line so, and somebody was oh, like, yes, this is fucking hilarious. There's <laughs> another thing too where like she's, somebody's like Snow White and the kid's like, or what the kid, the kid, the dwarf. <laughs> He's like, Snow what? Yeah. And it's just like, shut up. Yeah. And I like Army Hammer. But stupid. It looks terrible. I it mean, looks stupid. The, it looks visually 
stunning, but as for the quality call of the story, I couldn't care less. Yeah. I definitely, as far as the two Snow White movies coming out next year, Snow White and the Huntsman has definitely, I mean, if I had to choose, Mirror Mirror can just like fuck right off. I want to see <laughs> Snow White and the Huntsman. Indeed. Steve, any, any yeah. movies to yes, talk about? Yes, uh, I was surprised. Nobody mentioned The Hobbit. Well, I was, I was on, it's on my list, I was obviously. I for you. Yeah. All right, I don't think we need to go on about The Hobbit. Everybody's excited for The Hobbit. It looks good. All right. Uh, I have a whole bunch on my list, but I'm just going to do a couple of really quick ones. There's a movie coming out called The Knights of Bad Astom that looks absolutely spectacular. It's got uh, Jason Stackhouse. I don't even know his real name. Uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage, uh, Steve Zahn, Summer Glau. And it's these guys going to a, a LARP. Oh, it's got um, Danny Pudi from, um, oh, awesome. from Community. Community. And they go to a LARPing uh, session and... They end up bringing a they they find an old book and they end up bringing a succubus into uh, the LARP and all shit breaks loose. It looks hilarious. Uh, totally hit me from left field. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I am very my my most anticipated movie. This is really hard for me to pick because there's there was so many good movies coming out, but there's a film uh, being put out by Leica House, which is the same company that had uh, produced all the art for Coraline. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Coraline, called Paranorman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which looks so good. I love the fact that Leica is um, creating what's essentially horror movies for children. Mm -hmm. Like, Coraline has some genuinely scary, scary moments in Mm -hmm. it. And this looks to be doing the same thing. The zombies taking over the town. Um, a, like this, like the, the the character of Norman is like a kid after my own heart. He's got a zombie alarm clock <laughs> when he's brushing his teeth. He <laughs> pretends he's foaming at the mouth, like he's yeah. got rabies or something. And it just it looks oh, really man. cute and entertaining. Uh, I I can't wait to check it out. Um, Tim Burton. Well, he can apparently- see the dead, right? Yes, yes, he can see dead oh, people. I'm so sorry. And then the plot is is that on this specific day, everyone can. So, oh, cool. yeah, it's it looks really, really good. I had no idea of the plot from the trailer, but I still really wanted to see oh, it, yeah. so it didn't yeah. matter. Um, Tim Burton, I believe, has a movie coming out called Dorothy of Oz, which is supposed to be a prequel to The Wizard of Oz. Now, normally I'd be skeptical, but it's Tim Burton, it's Wizard of Oz. I'm, out of curiosity's sake, I really want to check it out. One of my other most anticipated films is uh, Daniel Radcliffe's next film called The Woman in Black. Yeah, that was on my list. Yeah. I I squealed with glee when I saw the trailer for that movie. That mm. movie is just, it speaks to me on a mm-hmm. huge, I can't wait for that movie. Uh, really quick, just a few other ones on my list. The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Really curious about The Hunger Games. I'm, I want them so bad to do a good job with that franchise. It's worth the trouble of of making a really really solid series and good movies to it. I hope to God they don't fuck it up. They look, it, like, look like they're taking it seriously. I'm a little nervous about it now because they just released part of the soundtrack for it, and the soundtrack like their big reveal for the soundtrack was Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and but I'm is that like is that in the movie or plan. is that like inspired by the movie? I just I don't know. Well, still, I mean, I don't know it's if it's a good sound, sign. Like it's not. It's like those yeah. Twilight soundtracks, I think. Where yeah, actually, the Twilight soundtracks are actually pretty good. For how bad those movies are. Radiohead oh, was on the Twilight soundtrack. For yeah. yeah. Sake. Anyways, <laughs> so what? Yeah. All right. Uh, really quick, John Carter. I've been reading the comics. It's Disney. I'm excited. Um, the Gray is uh, oh, yeah, Liam Neeson fighting awesome. wolves. 
Let's go. It's awesome. <laughs> no, that's all you need. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Pirates is Ardman Pictures, people that did Chicken Run. Can't wait for that. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Uh, could oh, be a good time. Yeah. I like Daniel Day-Lewis. I, I like the idea that they got him he's, on. He's not movie. playing Abraham Lincoln in that movie. He's playing Abraham Lincoln in the Spielberg movie. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Yeah, I did my research. That would be awesome if he was playing like right? a really good vampire right, My mistake. No. Um, I've got more on my list, but we pretty much talked about everything. So that's my movies. All right. Also, Amazing Spider-Man I'm really excited about. My favorite, oh, yeah. My favorite yeah. superhero. Yeah, 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 it was that too. Andrew Garfield. So, And I really liked 500 Days of Summer. And so um, I'm excited that Mark Webb is directing the movie. All right. Let's do a little video game action. Yes. All right. Um, so uh, I got uh, a few on here. Uh, Halo 4. I know nobody else is Halo fans, so I'll talk about that real quick. Uh, it's a new start to a new trilogy, a new company. For, it's the first game that Bungie, new game that Bungie isn't really working on yet. They they're not. They moved they on. They actually gave it up. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. Wow. Three four three Industries, which was created specifically to make Halo games for Microsoft, um, is making it. So we're gonna see happens. They're bringing back Master Chief. They're starting a new a new trilogy. So um, we'll see. Uh, how that turns out but halo has been one of my favorite franchises it's the reason i bought an xbox you know 10 years ago or whatever so i am extremely excited to see where that series goes um really really excited about borderlands 2 uh i love the first borderlands awesome four player yeah it's a fun game uh first person shooter loot based you know has a lot of rpg elements going on uh the art style is like the biggest thing about it. It's got this cool cell like shit art it style. It looks like a comic book. Yeah, it looks like a comic book. Um, just a ton of fun and a great co-op game. One of the best co-op games I've ever played. Um, and uh, Syndicate, which is a first-person game uh, made by Starbreeze, who made, made the Darkness games and uh, also made the uh, uh, not, uh, Riddick games, the Chronicles of Riddick ah, games. Ah, love me some Riddick. Which are really good games. Um, it's a It takes the same name as an old strategy franchise that used to be there, but it's now it's the first-person game, uh, much in the mold of uh, Deus Ex, uh, human revolution that just came out this past year. Um, mm. it, it incorporates like, these cool like mind powers where you can like uh, powers like take over people's minds and make them do things to the like, the other people that like their their allies and stuff. Like you have to, you can like hack their minds. That sounds like a game that I played on the PlayStation a really long time ago. I can't remember the name of it though. I don't know. It, it reminds me a little bit of Geist, which is this game for the uh, the the GameCube. Yes. Where you can have people's bodies. Yeah, yeah. It's it has similar mechanics to that in some ways. Um, and my number one most anticipated game of the year is Mass Effect 3. I cannot wait. Uh, it is a franchise that I love, which I've talked about a few times before on the show. Um, it's a conclusion to a, a trilogy. I cannot wait to see where all my choices have led. And I can I cannot be more excited to finish that that story because it's my favorite my favorite video game franchise of the new generation so sweet yeah so the, the video games i'm most excited about uh steve what about you diablo 3 oh, right diablo oh yeah <laughs> it's click, been a long click, time click, coming click 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 don't click, click me man click. i love diablo this has been it's 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 in my blood uh, my best friend and I, we we the foundation of our friendship was built on this game. I've lost so much sleep over it. I've bought three computers just to play it better. 
I can't wait for Diablo 3. The day that game comes out is the day that I retire from life. There will only be food, <laughs> bathroom, and Diablo 3. So that's that. Um, another, my other most anticipated game, there was a rumor that it had gotten canceled, uh, put out by GameStop, but it actually turned out to be false, which is the third game put out by Team Ico called The Last Guardian. Uh, yeah, good luck with that coming out next year. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Shadow of the Colossus is my favorite game of all time. Oh, yes, really, really, really excited to see if it comes out and when it comes out, how good it's going to be. Shotgun the list really quick. SSX is coming back. Mm-hmm. Snowboarding series. Saw the trailer the other day. Looks like so much fun. Can't wait to get back to that. Luigi's Mansion 2. I can finally blow the dust off of my 3DS that's been sitting there since the day I bought it. Mario? Mario! Yeah, dude, I loved <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. So many people bash on that game. Bullshit. That game was awesome. Mario? <laughs> uh, Kid Icarus 3DS. Oh, Ninja, Uprising. Ninja Gaiden. Uprising, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ninja Gaiden 3. Silent Hill Downpour. Bioshock Infinite oh, yeah. looks oh, amazing. I can't wait to cruise Bastard, around. That was that on game. my list. Sorry. Uh, Lollipop Chainsaw. Looks like so much fun. Cheerleading, zombie undead killing, chainsaws, pom-pom combos. It's going to be awesome. Words putting together words. Max Payne 3. Um, Naughty Dog's new uh, uh, game, coming, The Last of Us. The Last of Us, yeah. Looks really, really intriguing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited for it. Uh, Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. South Park is getting. I know Tomb Raider. Every time that they said that they get you Jesus. excited for one, it's gonna. How many games are you gonna say? <laughs> I, I got two more. Why don't you just take everything that's on my list? Why don't you? Hush. Yeah. You got Skullgirls, a downloadable <laughs> fighter coming out, mm-hmm. which looks like a lot of fun. And the last one that surprised me uh, this month's Game Informer was South Park, the game. Yeah. If it's anything like the anime episode where they got to go off like a half adventure type of thing. I'll be really excited for it. It might not deliver. So be it. It's working out really Obsidian, who's developing the South Park game, who yeah. made uh, New Vegas, yeah, and uh, Knights of Republic Two, and a bunch of other stuff. Obviously, they uh, they write really, really good characters and stories. So I think that you're okay in the writing. That's and what's giving me hope. We'll see what happens in the gameplay end because they're not so good with the whole gameplay part of it. But Stephanie, is there anything left uh, you want to talk about? <laughs> well, since Steve just so freaking casually brought decide all the games that I was massively excited for, but he still felt the need to talk about it. <laughs> I didn't talk about them for very long. God. You're like Bioshock, Tomb Raider. You know, all this time <laughs> that you're spending yelling at me, you could be talking about your games. Yeah. Listen, you. Well, I don't have a list anymore. All I have is this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for real, Bioshock, I am massively excited for. It looks awesome. First game, not in Rapture. Yes. The underwater world. Um, It's up in the sky mm-hmm. and it looks freaking cool. Those grappling hook things. And mm-hmm. uh, it kind of looks like it might induce some, uh, I don't know, like height phobias, like dropping down from, <laughs> oh, it looks really good. Um, vertigo. You're, Raider, a, you're a wordsmith, Stephanie. Yes, I know. It's height late issues. here in PEI. It's almost like late it's late. Tall people anyway. are going to feel right at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Tomb Raider as well. I mean, it's given, Lara Croft is given the whole reboot and uh, that looks really awesome. Um, I'm kind of excited for Darksiders 2. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a much darker Zelda. Like it has that sort of feel to it to me like the first one did. Yeah, it's I a mean, very Zelda-like game. Other than the- 
I hope he, they change the combo uh, system. Um, so, I mean, I didn't love the first one, but I definitely really enjoyed it, and I would like to play the second one, I think. And um, the last one on my list is Fable the Journey, which is the last really? in the Fable series. So uh, It's a Connect-only yeah, game. I. Ugh. Is it going to be for Connect? It's just Connect. I didn't oh, that's going to be that. bad. Yeah. It's not like a true Fable oh, game. Well, just scratch that off. I the heard list. that it was supposed to be like the last of a franchise. Well, fuck that shit. It probably won't be the last of that franchise, but I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think it's going to be for any other reason. What? I said it's pro- oh. it is going to be the last in that well, franchise, but you know. Connect sucks. I like the Connect, but I just don't think a game like Fable is the right game. I think it has a lot of promise, yeah. but I have yet to see anything on it with the exception of Children of Eden that's made me like happy that I bought it. Gun- Did you play Gunstringer? Fruit. No. Gunstringer is awesome. Is you, should, you should play that. Yeah, Gunstringer is great. Um, I did have a couple, just a couple more games on the list, real quick. That no one said. Um, Prey Two, which the first Prey is not a very good game, but the second Prey looks um, awesome. Like uh, a, a very it has an open world thing going on. Has a very interesting um, like detective mechanics and and a lot of really cool weapons. And I'm really interested in that. And a really grid look, like kind of a Blade Runner type look to it, which I'm really interested in. And um, Journey. Which is a downloadable yes. game for the people who made Flow and Flower, uh, that game company they're yep. called. Uh, they kind of specialize in games that aren't really about uh, combat or fighting or complex game systems. They're more about feeling and kind of atmosphere. And I loved Flower. Yes, um, absolutely. It was one of my favorite games of that year. So I'm really, really looking forward uh, to that experience. Um, and to wrap it all up, with as far as our lists go. Um, obviously next year in comic books, we have the Avengers versus the X-Men coming up, which is going to be a tremendous, a huge, um, uh, event that's going to be happening. And I think we're all looking forward to seeing where that goes. Um, it's written by a bunch of great writers, Bendis, Fraction, Brubaker. So, um, I can't wait to see what happens with, with that. And, um, also, there's a promised, for me, the thing I'm probably most excited about, even more than that, is the promised Swamp Thing Animal Man crossover that That's we're going to get. That's going to be sweet. Uh, I, I, Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire, amazing writers separately. I can't wait to see what happens when those two books intersect with each other. I'm, I'm beyond stoked for that. Absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Um, do you have any comic books you want to talk about there, Steve? Yeah, my, my list is super, super short. Um, I'm basically just looking forward to seeing where the DC New 52 goes in the new year, uh, what gets cut, what's, what stays, mm-hmm. uh, if people's attitudes towards the books change once they start to get going a little bit more. Uh, I want to see more from Zenoscope, one of my favorite companies. I always enjoy their stuff. And my most anticipated, I know I really talked it up earlier tonight, but I can't stress enough how excited I am for it. But um, the actual, the next chapter in the Rust uh, series is called Secrets of the Cell. And I'm super, super pumped to see where this story goes. Because like I said, the last page just left me with my jaw on the ground and I wanted more. So that is the first thing that comes to mind that I'm like, I want that the day that it's released. Or sooner, if you want to send it to me. Very nice. <laughs> nice, Steve. Uh, Stephanie, what about you? Um, I'm pretty well... I mean, you guys covered pretty well everything that I'm excited for. But um, as you guys know, I live out in PEI in Canada and I haven't been able to follow the DC 52 as much as I would like. 
Um, so what I'm really excited for is some of the collected volumes of um, some of the more, some of the stories that have been, you know, reviewed really well and getting a chance to really dive into those and being able to experience them like you guys have. So that's what I'm looking forward to in comic books. Very cool. Well, that's what we're excited about. But mm -hmm. we asked our listeners uh, to tell us what they were excited about coming up in the year. And I think, Stephanie, you have a little of a list of, of people I and things that they're excited have about. a little bit of a list. Twitter. Um, we had quite a lot of people talk to us today and uh, since the last podcast. And obviously, um, one of the biggest things that everybody was talking about was things like The Hobbit and The Dark Knight Rises. Um Girls Reading Comics, Megan F., and Comic Book Alex. Obviously, we're all super excited for the Avengers. We are too, obviously. <laughs> um, Andy Fitzsimmons is looking forward to the slew of DC animated shows coming to the Cartoon Network in 2012. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I have a feeling I probably will be too <laughs> if I go and look those up a bit. Um, let's see. Um, some comic related ones. We have Ashley, who is Smash is Nerdy on Twitter. She's really excited for Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips's Fatal. Yes. So uh, that's being put out by Image Comics. Um, people got um, at New York Comic Con, they got a preview of it. And um, Ashley said that she was one of the people who got a preview of it. And she said it was phenomenal. And she he said that is something that we should all be really looking forward to and i've said it before i would blind buy anything that ed brubaker did so that one will definitely also be on my list um melissa megan she said that she's excited for a comic called monocyte um i believe i tweeted this one to you as well steve for you yes, to have you a look at because i thought it would be up your alley and when i get home i will check it out is it weird yes <laughs> i'm yes. weird what are you trying to say <laughs> That, it's that, like that horror. was horror. It's kind. I think it was kind of horrorish. Um, horrorish. Horrorish. It was a little horrorish. Um, <laughs> anyways, it looked really good. I actually really want to check it out myself. But um, the art looked really great from the little bit I was able to take a look at online. And um, let's see, uh, Caleb Versier. Sorry if I'm not saying your name right and you happen to be listening. <laughs> Um, he's excited for the comic Sega and, of course, The Dark Knight Rises and Only God Forgives. Um, that pretty well sums it up. We also have J.D. Fernandez, who's looking forward to a whole bunch of TV shows like Justified Archer and, like we mentioned, Game of Thrones. Yes. Yes. I feel so, so left out. You should feel left out. I do. Peer pressure yeah. you into watching Game of Thrones. Sure, it's bringing me down. Sorry <laughs> if we missed anyone who sent us a tweet. Um, there was lots of them, but you know, send us an email yeah. or tweet us, and we'll try and include them as we put up topics on the site and on Twitter and ask for your feedback. Yes, I mean if you want to. Get, tweet at us you should at talking comics is the place to do that or email us info at talking comic books dot com um, let's go some new releases Bobby. yeah let's just, so these are on the, the shelves today you can walk out and get them can i say that i just right i love now. doing the podcast tonight so that when we wake up in the morning we can go and, and pick up all the new books it's true me, me too but you're really an illusion that we're not doing it the day that people are listening to it oh Good one, Steve. You broke the illusion. I said it's Wednesday. <laughs> they know. I know they know, but 
Come on, Steve. Let me have let our me listeners have my are little smart thing. people. All right. So uh, here we go from Boom Studios. We have Incorruptible number 25 and Space Warped number six of six. Dark Horse, we have Angel and Faith number five. And we have uh, Guild Zabu number one, which is a one shot. So, you know, try a book out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> try a book out. Even if it's called Guilds of Boo. And Star Wars Crimson Empire number three. Empire Lost number three. Um, all right. From DC, we have All Star Western number four. American Vampire number 22. Aquaman number four. Batman the Dark Might. The Dark Might. The Dark Knight number four. Blackhawks number four. Um, Flash number four yeah which i'm so excited about then we have steve's favorite book fury of firestorm the nuclear men fuck n- that number four um we have gears of war number 21 yeah. uh green lantern new guardians number four which is also uh, <laughs> uh, i vampire number four we're going to gotham um justice league dark number four uh savage hawkman number four uh teen titans number four. Oh, uncharted number two surprised what number two uncharted Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's if they have it. Yeah, probably not. Uh, voodoo number four, Ugh. which you're also done with, right, Steve? Absolutely. All right. From Dynamite, we have George R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones, number four. Kirby Genesis Captain Victory, number two. And Red Sonia, number 61. Um, IDW, we have 30 Days of Night, Number three, Anne Rice's Servant of the Bones. Number five, Dungeon and Dragons. Number 14, Joe Hill's Cape. Number three, and uh, Monocyte. Number two, um, Image, we have Artifacts. Number 12, uh, Haunt. Number 20, and Walking Dead Weekly. Number 52, and uh, I almost forgot about Marvel. That would have been bad. Um, <laughs> it's only one of the majors. Yeah, it, the ma- Astonishing X-Men number 45. Uh, Avengers Solo number three of five. We have Captain America number five and number six, apparently. Um, Deadpool number 48. Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz number four. Yay. Fantastic. Oh, Future Foundation number 13. Sorry. Um, Incredible Hulk number two, which is a second printing. Iron Man 2.0 number 12, which is its final issue. Uh, Kick-Ass 2, number 6 of 7. Mighty Thor, number 9. Secret Avengers, number 20. Spider-Man, number 21. Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, number 5. Ultimate Comics, X-Men, number 5. Uncanny X-Men, number 3. X-Men Legacy, number 260. There's so many X-Men books every week, it seems like. So those are the major releases for this week. All right. So that is the end of this journey journey this epic episode of talking comics um so if you guys have any comments or questions to us again info at talkingcomicbooks.com or at talking comics on twitter let us know what you want us to talk about what you think about what we are talking about if you didn't get your thoughts in about what you're excited for this coming year let us know um next week we have an exciting show do we (laughs) Yes, uh, the writer of Green Wake, Curtis. <laughs> it's next week. We supposed to be the show January third. Awesome. Yes, 
Um, so Green Wake is an image book. If you guys aren't reading it, you guys should definitely check it out. Um, he's going to be on the show next week, and we're really excited to have him here. Absolutely. I'm psyched. Yeah. So um, I think that's it. Uh, but uh, also download the podcast obviously <laughs> obviously uh, and tell your friends yeah tell your friends about it you know uh download it if you listen if you if you listen on itunes subscribe please it, it, it gets you the show every time it comes out as soon as it comes out um review us if you get a chance uh on itunes uh that really helps us with our standing in the store and uh, again the more exposure we get uh the better things we can bring you guys also, we just love hearing from you guys because it's, it's about a conversation. It's not just about what we have to say. So we want to know what you guys think uh, for the for good or for ill. Um, also, tell a friend about the show if you know somebody who likes comic books or geeky stuff in general. And if you've done all three of those things, you can take a break. You got you to you rest. Steve, you have something to say. Real quick congratulations. I want to give a shout out to our very own Stephanie for achieving being part of the... Um, Geek Girls of the Year of 2011. She was included in this list and many of our uh, Twitter followers as well. So just want to send out a huge congratulations to all of you lovely ladies for your nerdiness and fantastical <laughs> efforts in the geek world. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I just want to say that I'm personally about to begin the internet backlash on Stephanie Cook after she's gotten this prestigious... <laughs> Uh, mention you love it yeah i'm gonna start a backlash overrated that's gonna start just start tweeting at hello cookie overrated (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah well i keep your twitter feed oh god too much (laughs) it's never felt so alive i got got nothing i got i got no witty comeback right now that's all right okay that's all right all right so uh, uh, thank you nonetheless and carry on all right (laughs) (laughs) so uh that is our show uh for this week for steve see you in the new year stephanie see you later everyone (laughs) (laughs) that sounded creepy (laughs) (laughs) i've been bobby until the new year to be continued (laughs) 